All right, guys. Our next guest must be in a pretty good mood because he's nearing the end of his quarantine and he's just days away from freedom. It's a pleasure to welcome back former UFC champion, friend of the show, Robert Whitaker. After another impressive win at UFC 254, Rob, we're so close to freedom. How does it feel? Mate, it is it is very good. This this quarantine time period has been rough. So I'm very, very excited. I get out today. Not in a couple of days, I get out today. So I'm very, very excited. Look at that. And, and, a, and a cheeky submission radio interview as, as you're on the way out. Why rough, man? Why this one uh, rough? I think the first one you loved, why rough? I think just because of how close they were, the proximity of like the, t- the two. So like all in all, like the trips overseas and in the quarantine has been like in total like a month away from my family. So you add that on to the, the last one, that's like two months away from the last six and that's just rough. I, yeah, I miss my family. Uh, of course, man. I was going to ask you, though, like, what did you do to try and improve the situation? I know, you, I know you're a big gamer, mm-hmm. but surely last time you ate maybe too many Doritos and you said you were a little bit over them. Was there a new sort of treat and a new activity this time uh, around to spice things up? New treat? Well, the first week was Krispy Kreme, so I mm. hammered those. That was, that was a new one that I made myself sick. <laughs> and, and, then, and then the second week was, I think, Pork Belly. There's this place. Good Mr. Crackles in the city. Yeah, everybody <laughs> got just, food poisoning. No, oh, mate, I just, I just kept hammering it. It's too much. It's too much. So there you go. So you're moving up to heavy up for the next fight, right? At this mate, point? Mate, whatever. We're going to have to open up a new division. <laughs> have to open up a new one. Rob Way. I, I was going to say, man, 2020 was a, was a funny year for a lot of people. Uh, but I know last time we spoke, you mentioned how lucky you were to sort of, you know, be able to work and, and do your job and earn a living. Um, and it was a great return for you this year. You know, two big fights two massive wins, two trips to Fired Island. How do you sort of look back on, on you know, the whole experience and I guess 2020 as a whole now that it's it's just about over? Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I feel funny saying it because 2020 for everybody is, you know, has a lot of negative, uh, negativity associated with it because it's a crazy year, it's a crazy time. But um, I'm, I'm very much a silver lining sort of guy. I try, you know, you, you make the best out of everything you have, everything you're given. And honestly, 2020 was a pretty good year for me. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was so great to see you back in there, man, and, and looking so good. And I was going to say, it was really cool also to see you and uh, Jared kind of share a moment after the fight. And you, you guys took a photo together. Looked like you guys had a bit of a convo. What did, what did you guys kind of speak about? It looks like, yeah, it looks like you and Jared, you guys really sort of connected after this fight. Two warriors. Yeah, well, we, we connected in that sense. Like, we're not, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not inviting him to my birthday party. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, definitely. I have a lot of respect for him. I think he's a good role model for the sport. He, he keeps himself with integrity. He sticks, stays true to his values. And I respect that a lot, not only as, a, as, a, as an athlete and a warrior and a fighter, but as a person. You know, I think he's a, I think he's an excellent role model in, in that sense. So um, after the fight, yeah, we just, we just started talking about the fight and how hard it was. Just, uh, you know, I, I, I told him what I'm saying now. Like, I think you're a, a role model of the sport. Keep doing your thing, man. Mm-hmm. And is vice versa. invited to the birthday parties or is this just an exclusive for us? Uh, there's a lot of people not invited to the birthday party. <laughs> oh, we're not invited to the birthday parties now. <laughs> we were invited before, from what I understand. <laughs> Rob Balls was a, was a small crew. I have to ask, though, man, last time we spoke about Habib and you spoke to us about how much you respected him, what was it like being on the same card as him, especially considering that this seems like it was your last chance to do it as well? Uh, it was, I don't know. 
It was much like any other fight, to be honest. Didn't care, <laughs> like, it's like, whatever. Yeah, exactly. That it was just much like any other fight. Yeah, but because of the way the the whole event was scheduled and planned and moved and how everything was streamlined in, you didn't really have any dealings with other fighters very much because obviously the social distancing, the whole COVID um, precautions. So it was, yeah. I, I honestly, there was it was no different. It was no different. Yeah, the best moment from the Embeddeds was when you guys met each other and then he embarrassed you because he had the professional mask. And then, and then you, yeah. <laughs> like, what is this? He, what is this mask I'm wearing? <laughs> the, the, the professional mask, like his one. The one yeah, where yeah, it looks yeah. like he's going to space. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Very important, those things. I, uh, I had my economy ticket. Eddie had mask on, so <laughs> that's the way. That's that. That's to to be fair. I, I think mine looked cooler anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I feel like Habib's definitely a guy that would invite, uh, would be invited to the Rob Whitaker birthday party. I want to get your thoughts though. Uh, people are sort of you know for shits and giggles discussing you know goats, greatest of all times. You know guys like Anderson and John Jones, your good friend GSP, who you like very much, sort of you know on the short list. Where do you think Habib ranks? You know when now that it's all said and done. I think I think there's uh, two sides of that. There's there's greatest of all time career-wise and greatest of all time in terms of just pure fighting prowess. I think greatest of all time would, as in fighting prowess, would be a very hard title to take if you aren't at the pinnacle of weight and physicality, because we're talking about pure combat ability. So you know, like the the. <laughs> Size does matter. Whoever I know, there's a lot of things to say. Size doesn't matter. Nah, it matters, especially if you start mixing talent and everything else with it. So I think greatest fighter of all time would have to be John Jones. He'd have to, he'd have to be up there. I, I honestly cannot see someone as 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 dangerous as he is in terms of just fighting ability. In terms of career-wise, then you're looking at. Uh, Khabib and GSP and those, those those guys because they have had flawless careers. They have been outstanding role models and um, have set a beautiful example of what an athlete and fighter and warrior should conduct themselves as, as well as how they handle themselves throughout the, the course of their career. So mm, that's my answer. Yeah, he's had such an incredible legacy and he he goes in the octagon and stuff, some of the toughest guys in the world. And then afterwards, people are like, well, that guy wasn't even any good. He should fight someone else because well, he just makes it look easy, you know? Yeah. Well, and the biggest thing is this, it's like everybody knows what he's going to do. Everybody mm -hmm. knows what, what he's going to do. They know what his biggest strengths are. They know what he's going to bring, what he's bringing to the table because he does the same thing every fight. But nobody can stop it. And that, to me, is <laughs> it's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible. I think that's uh that's one of the reasons why everybody wanted to, him to come back and go thirty. You know, you know, you wouldn't be a fan of this GSP fight if you ever came back there, right? Two of your faves. Oh well, the problem with that is that like one of like one of the two greatest, I think, most iconic role models of the sport is going to get that mm. legacy tarnished a little bit, and I don't think it's needed. Neither guy needs the money. Mm. Like, maybe maybe they can fight. You know, quietly behind closed doors. At your birthday party. <laughs> At my birthday party. I'll invite those two guys. Jeez, I'll tell you what, that birthday party just keeps getting better and better. I keep feeling worse and worse that we're not invited. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest, Khabib wouldn't like my birthday party very much at all. He wouldn't? Why is that? Nah. 
What are you, there's, there's bow and arrow shooting from what we see on your Instagram. What else would there be? There's no bow and arrow shooting. <laughs> <laughs> Can't mix beers and bow and arrow shooting, mate. Uh, the kids run, the kids run, and then there's a competition. <laughs> <laughs> too many, too many shoeys. Habib wouldn't be a fan. Tie two of us so that he'd be good to invite to a birthday party. See, I feel like that. <laughs> yeah, but if he, he's like the opposite side of the spectrum. He's too much. <laughs> It'll turn into his birthday party. <laughs> All these guys just come out of nowhere with DreamQuest beers. What did you guys, how did you guys get here? Um, let's just quickly talk about what's next though, Rob, because we know that um, obviously busy end of the year for you. Congratulations, you're about to have a new child and also Christmas is around the corner, which is really, really exciting. Um, for some reason, Dana White just can't stop twisting sometimes what you say. We've seen it before and we saw it again where he kind of mistook what you said as you not wanting to fight Israel next. Um, I'm just wondering, when, when did you find out about him sort of thinking that? And what was your first sort of thought when you saw him say, you know, like Rob's not that keen on this fight, so we're going with this. Jan Blackwood's fighters instead? Uh, so I found out just through my friends and actually my, through my dad, he said, Dan, what's saying X, Y, and Z? And then, you know, obviously I started doing some media after the fact and they're all asking questions about it and then I had to look into it. Um, yeah, it's, it was, it was, it was strange. You know, it was very confusing. You know, I don't think I, I don't think I, I led the conversation in that direction at all. You know, my biggest thing was just getting the objective of um, of getting my priorities out there of, of like Christmas and the birth of my my child takes precedence over everything, and just trying to get my timeline out there. So, yeah, it, it was confusing, but it is what it is. You know, I, I've mentioned before that I guess what we'll, we'll see how the how the chips fall, and I'll fight easy one way or another, middleweight, light heavyweight, whatever. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's odd to see when a fighter is, you know, happy to take a fight or happy to do a certain thing. And then, you know, Dana comes out and says, oh, you know, they didn't take the call. They didn't want to fight or, you know, spins a certain narrative. And I guess what's more odd is that with you, Dana's always been super praiseworthy, I think, uh, mm -hmm. because of you as a champion. I think also because of Australia as a market. So it just seemed a little bit baffling to go with this take. Why do you think he went with, with the whole Rob doesn't want to fight narrative, you know, this time? Uh, it's, it's hard to say. That's why I guess the the biggest thing that comes to mind when I'm thinking about the whole thing is confusion. It's uh, I guess oh, the only thing that I can point to is that he wanted that yarn fight to happen, which is which makes sense. And um, yeah, that's that's the only thing I can I can think of. Other unless he really did take my words the wrong way, in which case then it is what it is. Mm. I think the other funny thing about saying that, you know, oh, you didn't want to fight is when you look at your resume, you're fighting killers in the division before mm. you were even champion. It kind of speaks for itself. Um, if, if, if we were a fly on the wall, how would you sort of describe yourself as a, you know, negotiator or a guy when it comes to, you know, accepting fights? Does it, like, you guys just said it, does it look like I say no to fights? Mm. <laughs> Fought Yellow right. Romero twice, so... Yeah, look, look at, look at it. <laughs> Especially since that second time I didn't need to fight him because he missed weight. You know, it's it's one of those things that, like, I've done... I've never said anything. Uh, I've never said no to a fight. You can look at my lineup. Like, I've never said no to a fight. Look at the last two fights I've had. Mm. You know? Like it's what it's those things that like I've had almost nothing to gain if you look at it in a light of just moving up the the ladder and playing the game if you would, but um, 
it is what it is. It is what it is. My priorities stand straight. I'm going to enjoy Christmas and see the birth of my, my new child, and I'm very, very excited for that. And then whatever happens after it, happens after it. Can't, I can't change it. I can't control it, so I don't, don't care. Mm. Mm. And I think also people don't realize that when you say that, it's just it's not that you don't want to fight Israel. It's because you know you want to focus on these things that are happening in front of you, and you're not saying you don't want to fight someone. You're just saying, hey, like I got these things happening. I got Christmas. I got my child. I don't want to be thinking about a fight. Well, I got these really monumental things happening in my future, and it's really good for your mental game as well. Just take a little bit of a break. It doesn't make sense from that perspective to be like, oh, I'm fighting Israel next when it's not even happening. But I'm curious, man. I mean, we've seen Dana kind of misunderstand you before on a couple of things. Is it a situation where I know you have the, your great manager, Titus. Is it a situation where you'd be keen to have a, maybe even a conversation with him sometime in the future, clarify some stuff and catch up and sort of have a face to face with him? I know some other guys do it in the, in the company as well. Uh, a face-to-face? Well, I live in Australia. so yeah, A face-to-face time. <laughs> a face-to-face time. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, honestly, I have a lot of faith in my management. Uh, Titus is a great guy, and he's done a lot of good things for me. So I'm just going to leave it to him as well as like, he, he corresponds with my team very well, and, and, and they talk. So I have, I have a lot of good guys looking after me. Um, I have the utmost faith in leaving it to them to, to deal with it. Like I said before, my um, my priorities are my, my, my family and enjoying this period and, and my new child. So uh, on, honestly, I that's all I'm thinking about. That's all I need to think about. I'll fight Izzy and Jan at the same time after after March. Like I don't care. I don't care. I um, I I just want to enjoy why I fight, which is the biggest shift I've had in, in, you know, my headspace and everything, uh, this year. I think it's smart from your perspective as well, because we all remember what happened at UFC 248 when you were originally scheduled to face Jared. And that's when you had the burnout. And that was, I want to say around the same time, I think that was scheduled around January or so. So to see you now taking the time off to spend, I mean, you know, the birth of a new child, it's, it's not a mm. small deal. So it, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. One, one last thing on it from me though, if, if hypothetically you weren't expecting a new baby, do you think it would have even made a difference? Let's say you were available to fight by the end of the year. It looks like Israel was going to focus on junior fire anyway. Do you think it would have made a difference even if you were available? It, it's, it's, it's hard to say because I, obviously the, this Christmas period is, is, um, is very important to me. Like I have three young ones at the moment and, <laughs> they they froth on Christmas. You can <laughs> you can imagine. As well as I took, honestly, I I took these two fights in like relatively close. And I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, um, the, the mini uh, beginning of the the interview that in total I've spent two months away from from my family and my kids. And I don't know if I want to spend that time away this year again. If I want to spend another month away from my my family, my beautiful kids. Uh, it's, it's hurting the second time. It really is. And like I, I mentioned a second ago, it's very important for me because I, I understand why I'm fighting and it's, it's very important for me to enjoy why I'm fighting, to yeah. enjoy that. There's no point in doing everything for my family if I don't spend time with my family. Mm. Yeah, 100%. I think that's understandable. But also the point I was trying to make is I don't think Israel is necessarily available by the end of the year anyway. So whether you are available or not, in a way... <laughs> wouldn't have made a difference. So okay. this, this notion of like, you know, Rob didn't want to fight or like Rob wasn't available because he wanted to spend time with his kids doesn't really make any sense. 
Dana White needs to be tuning into this interview right now. I feel we're explaining <laughs> a lot of stuff. <laughs> no, he, he's, he's all right. He's a good, he's a good businessman. He, you know, he does. He he he's leading the company and wherever the money is, and you know that's that's what you expect from him. Um, yeah, hopefully we can work something out next year. Hopefully, man. That's definitely the hope. Uh, speaking of working things out, you don't need to work out your next beard trimmer and groomer because Manscaped have the Lawn Mower 3.0, which they are giving away with 20% off with the code submission over 7,000 RPMs. That is a powerful little motor. It is waterproof LED light, and it's got the quiet stroke technology. Nothing more safer than Lawn Mower 3.0 from Manscaped. Isn't that right, Dennis? Yeah, man. And right now you can get the perfect package uh, 3.0, which includes the trimmer, but also a whole bunch of goodies and two free gifts. And check this out, the Shed Travel Bag right here. This thing feels primo. It comes for free with the perfect package 3.0. Jump onto manscaped.com. Use the, uh, the code word submission. Get 20% off and free shipping. Nothing better, Cass. Mm. Speaking of good things and discounts, Pure VPN are giving away a six sexy 10% discount with the code submission. I know, obviously, Rob likes to do a lot of gaming. If you're the kind of person who likes to do gaming, or maybe you surf the internet, or maybe you just want to stream certain uh, streaming services from different regions, things like Netflix or Disney Plus or BBC iPlayer, you can do it from all sorts of different regions, and you can do it in a very safe way with Pure VPN using the the code uh, submission for your 10% discount and they're already giving away a 62% off discount for Halloween. The Halloween special is still running. Isn't that right, Dennis? That's right, Cass. I mean, listen, uh, save some money and stop the FBI from breaking into your house over this Christmas period. Jump on right now, secure your VPN and make sure that you're using a product that you can trust that doesn't steal a bunch of things off your computer and doesn't actually do the job. Go to purevpn.com forward slash submission now. Use the code word submission, save money, and check out all the hottest shows over the summer period here in Australia and all over the world. But Rob, uh, with that said, just talking about Israel Adesanya, I mean, he was on the show last week and we, we brought up the fight and he was just saying that he's a lot more excited to fight Jan than he is to rematch you and that that fight doesn't really excite him. And we've heard that from a number of people before that. Oh, the rematch doesn't really excite. Jared Cannonier excites Israel, but the rematch with Rob doesn't really excite him. How, how do you feel when he kind of says, oh, that can happen later? That doesn't really excite yeah. me. I'll do this for now. Of course man. it doesn't freaking excite him. He beat me. <laughs> 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 you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Um, yeah, I guess the ball's in his court. He's the champ. He beat me last time. So I'm... I'm hustling for a rematch like a salty kid. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, but like, I don't, I don't mind. Like it is what it is. Uh, shouldn't have lost the first time, but, <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I'm excited for, I'm not excited because fighting's never really fun. It's kind of stressful, but I, I look forward to that, um, to that rematch. Cause I, I want to, as a fighter, as an athlete, I want to try and get that back. You know, I have that, have that, that that thing that chip here that, that wants to run that back uh but he, he's looking really good man he's looking really really good i think that'll be a ridiculously hard fight um yeah I'll, let's see mm. do you think that he beats Jan? uh yeah i do i think he's he's just oh, he's striking is just so much better i think jan's got that big power but israel doesn't really get hit that much i think I think this is a picture-perfect time for Izzy to try and take that, that, that belt away from the, the, the division, for mm. sure. 
Wouldn't that be something? I, you mentioned how obviously it'd be a hard fight, you know, with Israel and you're kind of, you're clamoring for it in a way. But um, what do you think your path would look like to, to getting that Israel rematch at some point down the line? Well, I've already earned the right for it, uh, the right to it. I've already earned that right to fight for a title. That, that's what that fight with Jared was. It was, uh, that fight was number one contender, you know, and uh, everyone, I know, what's funny is like everyone was telling Jared, like, you win this fight, you get a, you get a chance shot at the title. It's like, no one was saying that to me, but mm. <laughs> I was saying, Jared, like, like, this is what this fight is, and that, that's the right I earned. I earned a shot at a title, so um, that's, that's where I'm at. Mm. What what would happen if uh, I mean you're right you you beat Jared that was the number one contender fight if if say next year comes March or whatever you know uh, and the UFC offers in you you a fight that isn't for a belt what what happens then? Um, yeah, I have to wait and see. I'll be very upset. <laughs> <laughs> Understandably so. Did you say that you would be conti- you would uh, consider going up to two hundred five to fight Israel Adesanya? Yeah, if he if he wins, I'll go up there and fight him. I don't care. Mm. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I remember a long time ago um, when you were on the show. I think you were the, the champ at the time. You mentioned that hey, like I'll move up to two hundred five and I'll fight John Jones down the line. And um, now you mentioned it with Israel. With this two hundred five thing, would it just be like a one and done type thing? Or if he did move up to two hundred five, I guess, and you're fighting Israel, who's the champ, and you win that, all of a sudden you're the two hundred five champ. So. Would that be a situation where you actually stay up at 205 for quite some time? Uh, it's hard to say. It depends how, how, I, how I go up there and how I move and how I feel and how my size and um, height affect my ability, my ability to do what I do in the middleweight division. So right now, I think I'm, I'm hitting like a, lot of, a lot of nice levels of where my height is still not a huge disadvantage against the taller guys, but I still have speed and power and, mm. and all that. Whereas the, the guys, the guys in light heavy are big boys. Mm. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of thought process that needs to go in it. And mm. yeah, was it, were there times where you thought about it? Like when you were the champ and were you, and, uh, you and the team always sort of looking at, Hey, maybe one day two Oh five, like we'll give this every, a crack. Every time I, I diet and cut weight, I think that moving well, what is your walking around weight uh, normally, Rob? You don't seem like the biggest cutter, but what's your walking around weight? Uh, 90, 97 kegs. 97 Ooh, okay. kegs. What's what's the poundage on that one? You'd be close to 200 pounds, right? 215. 250. Oh, wow. Wow. How much weight do you actually cut during the, the week itself once you're all dieted down? Uh, not that much at all. Maybe the week itself, maybe 12 pounds, maybe. Interesting. I guess it, week, yeah. it's like a, if you were to go up to 205, it's like a GSP situation where GSP was never a big cutter. I am curious, though, how different of a fight do you think that would be between you and Israel if it were at, uh, at 205? We just spoke to Mike Winklejohn, who's talking about John Jones moving up to heavyweight and how, you know, once you move up, you can't come back and it, it, it changes things. How different of a fight do you think that would look at, at you know, a different weight class? It's hard to say because it, it couldn't be the same fight. I don't... It's, it's too hard to say because I don't know how I'm going to move with the heavier weight set. Because generally, I like training lighter. I like fighting lighter. I move faster. My cardio is better. Um, it, it's very hard to say. It's very hard to say. I'll have to make some adjustments to my body in order to, to try and get that speed going and that cardio and movement at a heavier weight. 
Mm. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I think that's something that's sometimes understated. Like we saw Luke Rockhold move up from middleweight to light heavyweight, and it mm. just seemed like his his entire game was very different. His style was very different. Luke Thomas did a much better job of breaking it down than <laughs> we did. And obviously you came up from welterweight to middleweight. How much of a difference does it make for your actual style and the way you fight when you when you actually change the weight class? You know, different, different weight on yeah. your body, abilities, things like being flat-footed as opposed to being able to be light on your feet. How much does that change? It, everything, everything. So, like, when I get back into the into the grind and the hustle of the gym and I'm at a heavier weight, it, I can't bounce and move like I did with fight week. Mm. It's just not – I can't do it. Your body can't do it. I can't sustain any sort of bounce on my toes because my calves blow out, my <laughs> legs blow out. Like, I don't have that sort of speed that – and my grappling's different too because I feel – I feel um, restricted my body's not moving as uh, as freely as it as it was because there's more weight there's more of me you know it's it's very that's why you need to adjust to the weight limit you need to adjust to the division to to get your body in that in that balance in that harmony so uh, it's very hard to say how i would do at, at 205 i think i would be all right you know mm. i could always just do what i do now and just go in a bit lighter but who knows who knows yeah, I'm deceivingly, to... I'm deceivingly heavy, but <laughs> you might have to move up to heavyweight and fight Israel Adesanya there. Can you imagine? That's a lot of Doritos <laughs> during training camp and, and Krispy Kreme. Let me quickly ask. Let me quickly ask you though: If um, Israel does fight Jan and becomes champ, then it kind of looks like the UFC are going to try and push this John Jones fight, which means he'll probably be out of action for quite some time. Mm. Do you think if he's away from the middleweight division, maybe for that whole year or something? Um, there's sort of a theory there that possibly you could maybe fight for an interim title while he's away. And would that sort of sweeten things a little bit for you? If it is in the Israel fight, at least it's, I suppose, for an interim title, which I suppose means something kind of in the UFC. Yeah. Um, like I just, uh, my biggest thing is like with, after beating Jared, I earned a right to a title shot and mm. that's, that's what I want. So, um, yeah, I don't care. Uh, I know Paul Acosta's come out and said that a, a fight between him and you is very, very close to uh, to becoming a thing. <laughs> is there any truth to that, Rob? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I feel like I know the answer, but I, 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 yeah. I just want to hear it from you, just confirmed. Yeah, no, I, I, haven't, heard, I haven't heard anything about anything. Um, did he say for December? There's no way I'm fighting in December. Mm. <laughs> no way bit of fake news <laughs> wasn't gonna fight for a title in december i'm not gonna fight him <laughs> um no nah, there's there's nothing happening mm. yeah it's it's, it's interesting because also in the division now um i don't know did you see darren tools out he's not fighting jack hermanson anymore it's going to be him versus kevin holland so i guess that that kind of isn't as big of a, a fight as it was before but i guess it's interesting to see what happens next um, yeah. As we as we wrap up, Rob, though, I have to ask you, Christmas is coming up and this debate is probably more important than this goat debate that we brought up at the start of the interview. What is the Robert Whittaker top three Christmas movies of all time as we go into the period? Um, oh, what's it called? Because I'm not a big movie buff, but mm -hmm. there is one um, there is one we watch every year without fail. Um, what's it called? Give us the plot. I think we can maybe oh. guess it. Something something vacation and there's like ah uh, the Christmas vacation or something National um, Lampoons that's it that's it that's it we watch that one every um 
Like almost every Christmas, we watch that a lot. <laughs> what What do you like about it? Why is it every every year for you guys? It's It's not me per se. It's more my family. Like Sophie, whatever. I don't know what it is, but it ticks one of Sophie's you know, humor boxes, and she just yeah. finds it so much so funny. <laughs> it is funny though. It is. It's pretty good. Is Die Hard? Do you reckon Die Hard's a Christmas yeah. movie, or <laughs> do you reckon Die Hard's a Christmas movie, or where do yeah, you sit sure. on that debate? Yeah, it's a Christmas movie. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Rob, like, should... I want to go home now. Leave me alone. <laughs> Rob should be prime minister. I feel like everything would be so much simpler. Yeah, why not? Let, let's do it. By the way, you've got the new edition coming in December. How, how big of how big is your family now? Or how big will it be with the new baby on the way? Yeah, so I got four kids. There's more people in my household, obviously, but yeah. I, I have four. That'll make four kids of my own. Who, who's in your household? Uh, I got my two brothers, my sister. My mother-in-law, and then yeah, and then me, my wife, and my f- three kids at the moment. And then and then four. Holy crap! What a what a household. I am curious. That by the way, is it a boy or a girl that you're expecting? It's a, it's a boy. Are you yeah, happy about boy, that? Jace, very, very. I would have been happy with anything. Yeah, yeah. I love to see the embeddeds where uh, your, your kids are like throwing stuff at your shins. And you're like, shit, that was hard. That was harder than I expected. Um, <laughs> what, what is the biggest thing that you've sort of learned about being a father or the biggest misconception where now you're sort of, a, you, you know what to expect. Whereas when you had your first kid, you were like, well, I didn't expect this. Um, mate, honestly, nothing. It's, it's hard to say. It's like nothing. You knew it all along. No, they're like, I didn't know anything going into it and there's, I still don't know anything. <laughs> like you, as soon as you think you're starting to get the grips on, 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 on your kids, they do something that'll just blow your mind. It's every day is a learning experience because they're learning and they're changing every single day. And, and it, it, it is, it is crazy. It is, it is wonderful. And I love, I love the chaos. I love the uncertainty. I love just how out there kids can be like, just the, the craziest shit they do. Like, and it just, yeah, it is. The, it's the best. It is honestly everything to me. All right, Rob. Well, we won't stand in your way of seeing your family. I think you're almost done now. So I think you, you, you've deserved yourself a pretty special Christmas. Guys, make sure to follow Rob Whitaker MMA on social media. I think there were some Bobby Nubkull t-shirts that are up for 24 hours, and hopefully there'll be some other merch that comes up around Christmas. Get your Robert Whitaker merch and look sweet in Australia during summer. Rob, we can't wait to see what's next. Congratulations on an amazing 2020, man. Go enjoy uh, these holidays with your family. You certainly deserve it. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, guys. Always good to be on.